This week on The Other Kind Radio, Glow, a no-go, Hollywood delays more AAA titles, 2020 Emmy recap, all that and then some headed your way. It's October 6, 2020, and this is The Other Kind Radio. studios here in omaha nebraska welcome to the podcast known as the other kind radio the other kind radio is a bi-weekly weekly podcast we haven't decided yet in which myself and todd ping pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you the kind listener my name is jeff i'm one of your hosts todd will be on shortly we hope this podcast has found you healthy safe practicing the social distancing the masking hang in there we're going to get through this, I promise. The other kind of radio. While we're all getting through this, we encourage you, our listener, to like, subscribe to The Other Kind Radio. By doing so, you're helping feed this algorithm that, in fact, really exists. It keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. Now, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Pub 134. Pub 134 is a cozy pub located in Maple Village at 90th and Maple. Uh, special announcement, special shout out to Julius. He, uh, that gentleman right there was a Sunday bartender, uh, serving drinks and, and taking care of, um, pub one, three, pub, 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 pub one, three, four patrons. And, uh, just got the news that he is no longer going to be working Sundays. He is going to follow his dream of being a firefighter. So Julius, uh, good luck to you. Uh, thank you for all the laughs, and uh, don't ever let anybody make you wear your backpack, okay? Um, but if you're interested in football, uh, they've got bag tournaments, they've got a cold beer, they've got a friendly staff. Make sure you swing by Pub 134, tell them the other kind radio, and uh, maybe you'll get a social distanced, you know, fist bump or hug or whatever. Go see them today, Pub 134, our sponsor of the other kind radio. All right, let's welcome my podcast partner. He is a family generator, film, film school graduate, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all-around renaissance man, live from a studio in the great state of Texas, and de- delivering the pop culture significance of the number 98. Please welcome Todd. Yes, how are you this morning? I was doing good until I... Actually, I had to start pushing buttons, and I've actually been up for a couple hours, so I should—I have no excuse. But I'm doing well. More importantly, how are you, sir? Well, the funny thing is, is I'm feeling re- really crisp, and I've only been up for maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> and so maybe your whole idea of getting up before even like the the flowers begin to open—right—it's not such a sound idea, Jeff. I I don't know. It's a good band name. The flowers begin to open or sound idea? Before the flowers begin to open. Mm. I thought you're going to go with sound idea, but I do like that, especially if you're going to be a very hippie-ish band. But you know what? So it would be BT flowers 
open btfo hey it's almost like bto but with an <laughs> <F> in it <laughs> all right i'll shut up now what's going on with the number 98 number 98 begins its fascination with did you know that it is the highest number that the national hockey league allows as a jersey because mm. they retired 99 for wayne gretzky and since then 98 is the top number that they allow but 98 obviously stands out because it was a monumental year for the development of operating systems for computers as the year 1998 microsoft releases windows 98 which quote unquote revolutionized the way that windows performed allowing for a modern age which in turn opened the door for us to have the age that we have now because also in that same year there was this little search engine founded called google did you realize that they started that late 98 wow especially but, especially when i was going to join you guys down in dallas in 99 i remember hearing of this thing called google and at the time it was just oh another search engine yeah and that's the funny thing i was going to say the exact same thing jeff that i started at the internet company that you and I where we met that eventually got bought by a behemoth internet company. And at that time, that behemoth was the number one. Mm -hmm. can, can we say who it was or should, are we keeping that nondescript? I think we're fine. Let's check with the lawyers real quick. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So Jeff, Jeff and I worked for broadcast.com that was sold to Yahoo. I still work at Yahoo. And here's the, the lovely thing is Yahoo had a chance to acquire Google and passed. Mm. How, how, short-sighted was that now but back to the number 98 um this was also the year at 98 that e-commerce became a big thing in the internet world so that's huge because i remember when we were there at broadcast.com is like okay but how do we monetize this what are we going to do i believe that we could do these things where people would want to buy what they see which is such a odd thing that that conversation ever had to occur but I remember those conversations because we broadcast the uh, Victoria's Secret Fashion Show back in 98. And it was, how do we make it so people, when they see that bra and panty set, they can purchase it? And that didn't work back then. I was in deep in the uh, bowels of IBM's server farm in Armonk for that show. Were you really? That was the show that crashed the internet. Yes, it was. Yeah. and. I was the producer of that show. Nice. And Way to go. Uh, the owner of our company decided to yell at me because I did not order the bandwidth. And he's screaming, chewing me out. And then he went, oh, you wouldn't be the person that orders the bandwidth. You took care of the signal and making sure everything looked a great job. And he moved on and screamed at somebody else. Well, if I remember correctly, too, it wasn't, it wasn't the up that was the issue. Oh, did right. you have some issues with that? But I, but either way, it was the overall demand. Everybody wanted to see chicks in bras, uh, right. which for those of you keeping track, uh, that's Todd, also great. Todd and I were, yeah, Todd and I were working on a band name called Beer uh, Beers and Biscuits, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that one. What did I say? Girls in bras, chicks and bras, chicks and bras. Uh, no, 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 uh, no. Uh, I don't want to sound rude, but anyway, yes. Well, so was it both? Was it was it the up and the down? No, the up was fine. Okay, yeah. And that's where the, the owner of our company, it, as he screamed at me, finally realized, wait, oh, wait, your part was flawless. 
<laughs> and then yeah, if people ever ask about that owner, I say, this is my great example. It could be this way and then be like, oh, and man, the, his screaming was very loud that day. You and you and I have been, been screamed at actually one at one point by a multi-billionaire at the same time. Um, one, mm, that's true. one other note, uh, about that event, I'm glad you brought it up was, uh, when I was in, in the, uh, IBM secret compound, um, it was the first time I was ever escorted to go to the bathroom. Their security was so tight down there. Wow. Uh, was that when, when you had to go to the bathroom, uh, they just had somebody go with you. And I mean, you it, the bathrooms had the, this is back when the old key, I don't know. It looked like a, uh, what is, what is that called? Uh, the card key card key. Yeah. The card key thing was taken off. You had to card key to get into the restroom. Jesus. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, that was kind of their, their main brain, if you will. Anyway, that was kind of fun. <laughs> you know, I hate to take everybody down this memory lane, but I, this is really showing before Jeff and I were friends mm -hmm. and the early days of where we began to know each other. But I, I wasn't aware that you were there taking care of that. That's what it they said. So funny now, because now with, with like, uh, with it, live events mm -hmm. where, where I'm working still at Yahoo, I would know who's where back then it was just sort of, Oh crap, you go cover this. And it was not a concerted effort, I guess. Who was the big hosting company back then that started with an A? I can't think of it. I don't recall. Okay. All we, right. Because just because we've used so many hosting companies yeah. over the years at that place, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, there was a big one, but somehow IBM was, was either, I'm sure a sponsor or mm -hmm. loaned some of their servers or anything. And, and so we, we would gotten out of the depths and we're watching it and watched it crash. And I want to, this is not a tooting of horn, but everybody was freaking out. But I kept saying, there's too many people wanting to watch this. This mm -hmm. is this has not happened before, and everybody was worried about getting yelled at or you know what had been done wrong. And I I was the silent, you know, I guess I wasn't silent, but I was the minority saying this is a good thing. This is a good thing. You guys are blowing the doors off of it. This has never happened before. It was the first melting of the internet. Exactly. That, that, yeah. A constant term now that anytime you now it's mostly used for Kim Kardashian putting <laughs> photos out and melts the internet. But you're absolutely right. It that was. was unprecedented at that time there were so many things about that event which were shocking when you look back at it and i was telling abby about this once that you know i can't remember if we attempted i want to say we were attempting somewhere to put see if we could go up to and it was not a hundred k stream but we were trying trying to see if we could go over 56k yep. and you know 56k to make that even look like anything is a pretty small window and we were, you know, for a while we were achieving a nice 56 K pretty stream. Now inside the building, we could see it. Right. Um, but that, that thing was crazy across the board. And, and someday people are going to, those are the stories people are going to tell about the internet, how it really was right. held together with bubble gum. It really that. was. And they didn't know what to do. You are listening in case you forgot, you're listening to the other kind radio. This is the internet edition. Uh, we're, we'll be taking your calls and answering all of your problems with the internet. Feel free to give us a call. No, I'm kidding. All right, let's go ahead and let you finish up with 98. Let's shift back to 98. So in the year 1998, popular musicians, 
I, I'm going to contest this. Celine Dion was not popular with me, but because of this little movie that we'll talk about in a minute, she was probably the number one pop star that day. Green Day, Metallica, Spice Girls, Aerosmith, Shania Twain, Natalie Imbruglia, which she still has, and I can't recall, I, I can almost hear the song. <clears throat> it was a great little pop tune. Never heard of her again. Popular television. What was her name again? Natalie Imbruglia, a very pretty woman at that time. Imbruglia. <laughs> Folks, you don't even want to know how I'm trying to spell that. Oh, I found it. I am Bruglia. Oh, she did Torn. Yes. Okay. And I want to say somebody like Lenny Kravitz wrote that song or something. Okay, didn't. Sorry. It was starting to play a political ad. Look at that song and see who wrote it because I want to say, while you're doing that, I'll go through television at that time. But okay. I want to say it's somebody like Lenny Kravitz. Uh, popular television, 1998, Law and Order, Frasier, The Jerry Springer Show. Now, that is a, a slice of television gone by, thank God. That's a great tune. All right. All right. Continue on. And then uh, I just wanted to give the kind listener a little bit of a uh, taste of that. Okay. And then I'll find out who wrote it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, King of the Hill, Teletubbies. Man, was Teletubbies big back then? I guess I, I guess it was. But let's move on to my favorite category, <laughs> movies. As big? I kind of mentioned, Celine Dion, we'll, we'll start with the hot, the top movie of that year being Titanic. She sang that god-awful song that will just beat you down, but is a beautifully written song. Saving Private Ryan, and in my opinion, one of the best war films of all time. There's something about Mary, mm. a Buck's life. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4 is that we needed a fourth one. But the thing I'm going to end with, which is... You know, Harvey Weinstein being taken down for all the reasons of his sexual, in, in, uh, sexually bad behavior. Another thing that he did to the movie industry was the Academy Awards are already a piece of garbage, as everyone knows. I, I believe in that. But he really took it to a new level to, to the point where he almost purchased the awards outright. And Shakespeare in Love won. I guess it probably won the following year, but it, as soon as it's in this list, I have to say, no, it beat out Saving Private Ryan. That's right. It's a cute film. It's not a best picture. However, it is cute. So if you're looking for something to watch, go watch it. But man, I am so glad. Hopefully that kind of thing is going away. That, that outright purchasing of, of, of things that reserve that for the golden globes, you know, that's ugh, garbage. Anyway, that is the year 98. Did you ever find out who wrote that song? Jim? I did. Were you talking about the Teletubbies? What was the last comment you said that you wish would go away? What was that? I missed it. I was searching. Uh, what you just finished up with? What were you just finishing with? Oh, Shakespeare in Love. Oh. Wow. You, you, you really did kind of hit a time <laughs> well, warp from Teletubbies to Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> that was the last thing I heard when I cl clicked on her name, which I'm not going to try and say. Natalie Imbruglia. Imbruglia. I went to her Wikipedia page. Wikipedia is just getting out of control. We need some way Wikipedia for, for idiots. So I couldn't find who wrote the song. So then I had to do another search and torn. And then it's end swap song written by Scott Cutler and Ann Preven and Phil oh. Thornley. Thornley. And then you can all this information. It's like when you ask you know, um, 
Alexa for information and she just starts ranting about stuff. And then at the very bottom it says, Torn is better known as Australian pop singers Natalie and Bruglia's 1997 single de- uh, debut single. Uh, so there you go. Maybe she was dating Lenny Kravitz at the time. I, I swear there was some Lenny Kravitz association with that. If I, but... if I search for that, my head will explode. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, please don't do that because I don't need a whole scanners thing. But that was great. That was, that, yeah, 98. Wow. I didn't even think about like everything that was going on there. That is, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, uh, as I read through those notes, I thought, good Lord, this is a month. You can't do pop culture significant without making it focused upon the internet because that really was the years of which it began to explode and change do you remember the first thing you purchased online can you tell us <sighs> i'm trying to think myself i do remember while you're thinking about it i do remember being in dallas having moved from omaha mm. and i remember right as we moved there was when the dallas morning news tried their bit at an internet thing which was you would get your newspaper and then you got a small little scanner that I believe was in the shape of a rat or a cat or whatever. And you could open your newspaper. And if you wanted more information, you took this USB plugged in infrared bar scanner and scanned like the little code on the article. And then it would launch a web page. And I remember, so, and we're not talking about a long time ago either folks. <laughs> this is this is not that long ago that's what it was yes and the radio station the ticket down there will still the the sports radio uh, station down in dallas will still play that sound effect (laughs) whenever anybody mentions the internet but the very idea that the newspaper wasn't enough you scan the code use code and another article pops up kind of makes me giggle i it's funny let's stay on this internet thing because in those nascent days the reason for qcat was that you know we would we would have discussions with a lot of these people like the dallas morning news because they along with their partner at that time wfaa which is abc affiliate here in dallas they would do a lot of stuff with us but their thought was and the early thought in the internet was no one wants to have to type in these names no one (laughs) wants to do anything and so in future stuff they want qcat so you yeah. scan and i can't remember the guy's name who helped with qcat but he had been a guy that while i was in television production leading to being at broadcast.com mm-hmm. he was in my opinion a shyster he's one of those kind of people that's always looking for the hit next thing yeah. and he helps develop this well you know and now if you go search qcat c-u-e cat it's like the first thing comes up is definition of it. And it's like worst defunct ideas in the internet. It's the word, you know, the next thing. And it's, it's funny because even the, those early days of the internet, it was all about, you had to have these very short condensed URLs because nobody wants to type it right well, now. What your URL does is it doesn't matter because all you have to do is go to Google and it right. just takes you there. The other kind radio.com. Right. And, and I remember like, um, before I moved down to Dallas, uh, the company I was working for here in Omaha got WX.com, got that domain name for the weather. Mm-hmm. And it was like a big deal. WX, all they had to type is WX, WX.com. And because I think we were still a little bit in the age where you had to put dub, dub, dub in front of it too. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, the day that you, you approached your computer and you're like, oh, I can just touch, type in you know, dallascowboys.com and it'll find it out. Whoa, that's so crazy. So 
and the, that's the funny thing. If, if any of us had been aware, okay, the irrelevance of, you know, the length of your URL is one thing, but buying your brand is another. And mm-hmm. if any of us in 1998 had given an ounce of thought to, oh, I love Bruce Springsteen. You mean if I buy BruceSpringsteen.net.com, <laughs> I, I would make millions? Because now the, the job, whenever I left Yahoo, went somewhere and now I'm back at Yahoo, the one in the middle, one of my jobs was looking at all of our television stations, websites, and buying derivatives of their right. site and redirecting it to ours. And it's just, it's called roadblocking. So if I buy something akin to your call letters, right. And you haven't purchased it. All I have to do is do it and redirect that URL to my website. So if somebody makes a keystroke error or does something wrong, they come to me instead of you. It's the weird, weird nature of what the internet is. Once again, you're listening to The Other Kind Radio. Today's show is about URLs. What does URL stand for? How do you get one? What do you do if you find one on the backside of your bum bum? Those questions and more coming up on The Other Kind Radio. I kind of like that we're going through this. We should probably have a pop culture internet uh, themed show because this this is an interesting walk down memory lane. And QCAT, I just remember, you know, thinking this means people have to read their newspaper next to the computer because this was before Uh wireless and all this other stuff. And I don't remember the cable being all that long and it made a weird noise. I'll try and find that. I'll make that production note. I'll find QCAT's noise. I'm pretty sure, Jeff, right now, if you were to go, oh, my God, I just put in QCAT again because I wanted to see it. And so for those out there, what it looked like is it literally looked like a cat laying down the worst of a a mouse type thing. But it's a cat and the cord coming out of its took us. Yeah connects to your computer and i'm pretty sure that it's bound to have the idea but the first thing on here from a youtube video is the worst tech product ever. yes yes and i love the fact that somebody at that point said well every computer has a mouse so they should have a q cat because cat and mouse that makes sense right and somebody with a lot more money than you and i'll ever have said bob you're a you're, <laughs> you're a but- genius with QCAT. As I look at this though, okay, we make fun of it. Right. But at the same point, QR codes are a little bit of the same thing when I'm going to scan it and it takes me somewhere. So this idea has some foundation. It was just rather short-sighted and stupid in their execution of it. You're right. Um, I'll find, I, I'll I'll, go back to laughing at it because I like laughing at it more than being fair. I'll I'll find it, record it, and we'll play it on next week's uh, episode. Yes. All right. So uh, we'll 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 steer the car right back to where we we should be. Uh, we haven't gone that far off uh, track. Uh, as I say all of this, now I can't find my. Uh, I think I might have used my page. Yes, I did. I used the run sheet uh, tab to go search for QCAT, which is a dumb thing to do. All right, let's get into some headlines. I re-recorded the uh, headline sounder. So here we go. Headlines news on the other kind radio. That's not it. There we go. (laughs) Some things never change, even with 98 episodes. All right, we'll get in some headlines here. Um, the first one I saw that I thought was uh, interesting that it pretty much came out today is uh, that Netflix has decided not to uh, renew a show that we first uh, reviewed here on The Other Kind Radio many years ago, 
so it looks like Glow is not coming back. And the reason cited in the article I read was due to COVID. Kind of shocked by this, not understanding why they just say delay it. Everybody else is delaying. Why are they canceling it? You know, there's been a flurry of these uh, streaming shows that have been canceled because of COVID. I, I'm, I think amongst those, Glow is the most shocking to me because they've actually gotten Emmy Award nominations yeah. for this. And I don't now. Okay, I if you look at streaming shows in the way that you know they aren't always released on a yearly cycle like we are used to with broadcasts, and and their contracts are made so that the actor is contractually obligated to appear in the show whenever it does. That makes it a little hard for them to then sign other deals to do other things because that contract's kind of squiggly. So I would what I kind of when I read this I thought. I, I guess I was expecting them eventually to say we are uh, putting all contract bases on hold or something like that. So the actors could find other work and do other things. If, yeah. if it opens up, I, unless there are incentives for and penalties for when they produce and when they don't produce the show, I I'm beyond shocked and beyond disappointed because I is glow was glow perfect. No, but I thought giving them at least one last season to see, to wrap this thing up, it it really would have been the right thing to do. Um, I, I don't understand at all what they've done here. And I think it's, it's probably a mistake in my opinion. I feel, uh, the same way. And you did a good job of, uh, kind of summarizing that one thing i want to point out that's uh making me giggle a little bit i'm looking at the uh deadline article at deadline.com google search deadline um is the twitter responses from everybody on the cast so like uh, allison brie posted a picture of everybody kind of in a, in a you know in a kind of a crowd setting they're making silly faces gonna miss this forever grateful to my glow flam family flamly for changing my life you know hashtag you know, Glow Netflix. Um, uh, Britt Barron, kind of the same thing, a picture. Um, I'm just trying to see. So a number of the actresses on there just posted these kind of like, you know, we're going to miss everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then you get the Mark Maron's tweet. tweet uh, no more Glow. Sorry. Stinks. <laughs> Which kind of is uh, Mark Maron's... Uh, <laughs> modus operandi and kind of being the uh the grouch um but you know in in this stage some things may change but i you know i'm kind of just surprised with all the projects that that netflix has has got going on and the success that it had and the early success it had because we're going back a couple years uh, i would have thought that this one would have kind of gotten a special uh covid pass and or extension as far as the final season would have been that hard to do all right Anything else? No, I, I thought I did, but no, I just took a breath for no reason. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, all right. So the other one I, I saw, I thought of uh, our kind listener and uh, something I haven't, I didn't even know was a thing was the um, home of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, that, which came out in 19... Um, um, so if you've seen Silence of the Lands, you've seen the last scene where they visit Buffalo Bill's home. And it is, in fact, a real house uh, that's in Pennsylvania that you now can buy uh, for the low-listed price of $298,000, which I guess in today's market's pretty good. 
what a great marketing piece uh, to try and get the house sold. One thing I read in the article that I, that kind of was interesting was originally the home failed to sell in 2016s and the owner drops the price to 250,000. PETA wanted to buy the house and turn it into an empathy museum where people could wear the skins of abused animals. I'm not here want to judge PETA and what they do and uh, what they do with their money. Um, just wondering how that ranks on the family scale of fun things to do. Hey, kids. Uh, no, we're not going to Disneyland. <laughs> we're going to drive to Pennsylvania and go into a creepy house where a creepy movie was shot. And then you can wear the skins of abused animals. Now, I get the message and I'm not trying to downplay that animals shouldn't be abused. But I just think that's an interesting concept uh, to create awareness for abused animals. Todd, t you've been clicking madly on your computer as I read the story. Tell me you just bought this house. Actually, I bought it and sold it <laughs> because I was so vastly disturbed by right. their intent. I, I, I think where my brain was going was I don't quite understand I, I understand the correlation because of Buffalo Bill, what he does. Mm -hmm. I don't understand them then saying, let's put it this way so you can wear this. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. And, and what, what are they hoping that people will gain by wearing? I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost yet. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of a peanut butter hamburger. Some people like it, but I mean, I understand the draw to go to a scary house and where, I mean, I would go there and pass on the wearing of the abused animal skins. Um, I guess there's the theme there because Wild Bill was the one that skinned people and made a skin suit. Um, he, but the, he <laughs> he skinned people, right? Right. And nowhere did he go. Oh, uh, hey, I gotta put this squirrel skin right here. You know, he didn't do that. That's a that's a good Wild Bill impersonation. Um, so I, the, if you go to, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, this is off of, I think it's brobible.com, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E.com, brobible.com. Uh, I did try to see if want to make sure that it's not a crazy website or anything. It looks looks just like kind of a pop culture podcast but or a website, but they do have pictures of the house. It looks like a lovely house in the daytime. So there it is. If you're in the uh, market for a house and you want to be a little bit of pop culture history, you can buy it. Move to Pennsylvania. Give us a call. We'll have you on the show. All right. Our last one is kind of a smorgasbord that we'll cover real quick, but there have been, since we've been on air last, not only a ton of news, some of which is political, which we're not going to get into, uh, but there have been a number of films that have had to delay due to COVID. Um, one of them, I think, uh, and we'll go with this one first, because I think the title is just a give up. Uh, I didn't realize the next Batman movie is called The Batman. And that is not a give up. If you're a Batman fan, you know that the original way they referred to the Batman was the Batman. It is basically a callback to all the fans in the world that are, he is the Batman. Like there were and, so many Batman running around that he needed to well, make sure I he mean, was. It, it, the Ohio State. Right. You're gonna see, he's going to walk out and go, I am the Batman. No, it, it really is. It's it's a callback to what is considered almost the tradition of what he is. And it it's almost Okay, so if you think about Batman, and and for those that don't know, Batman is by far probably one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, 
you you have the deconstruction of Batman that begins in the 60s with the, the television show, which is fun. It's pop culture nonsense and you go watch it. But then the rebuilding of it, uh, when you when you have different artists taking it over, especially Frank Miller doing in the 80s, The Dark Knight Returns, um, the idea of the, and it's almost been like when Tim Burton's came out, there were people that were like, is it going to be called the Batman? And it should have been, they, they should have had the Batman at some point. So it's, it's the right name to basically say, and especially cause Matt Reeves, the guy directing this is said he is taking it to its true origin. So the Batman is right. I saw Jeff checking his watch. So I was wrapping that up. No, 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 no. I wasn't checking. I wasn't checking my watch at all. Um, I was I was checking to see uh, if we had any calls to our our number. Uh, we've had some recent calls, no messages yet. But the reason why I want to say this, I apologize to all those Batman fans out there. Uh, we are the back. yeah we we are not uh, other kind radio. We are the, the the other kind radio. So I understand the logic now. Please voice all concerns to two one four eight four three one one four nine. See, and there we go. There's another case of of uh, of. Uh, boil it down to nothing what what did you call me minimalist minimalist jeff yes minimalist jeff yeah. reductionary jeff <laughs> all the things that that basically say i'm going to take it down to its base level and while it may seem really easy uh to the listener may seem very simple very easy for me to be so minimalist it really isn't and i do it on a very consistent basis so you're welcome and not only that you do it so well <laughs> and i'm usually so wrong okay so besides the batman we also have the Matrix, and I believe Dune that has been pushed back now. I thought Dune was finished being filmed. Is this just due to they want the box box numbers, right? Box office numbers. Let's be very honest. This is all of this is simply to do with that they believe that these are major tentpole films that need to be bringing in major box office numbers that they will they don't believe they'll achieve by doing at home releases. Um, when you look at tenant comes out and they had hoped that it would do something and it's, it's done anytime anybody's putting it down right now that it's somehow underachieving. No, it's not. This is a crazy era. And I think it was stupid to try and release tenant and it, not to release it, but to expect anything out of it. We don't know what to expect. I think the movie industry is also at a very transitional moment where movie theaters are not going, they're just simply not going to come back and behave the way that they did before you're going to have them jeff and i've talked about this in private where i really do think that because this model now where i can watch whatever i want at home is becoming kind of the norm i think people are going to stop going out to see smaller films so you're going to see smaller films coming at home these big films will just become what you see movie theaters will become smaller if you think of that and now they're shoving these off two years that allows them to adapt that model. I really think that once everything settles down, uh, once we get some kind of vaccine that will hopefully mitigate a lot of the illness that's going on right now, right. The infectionary rates, you will see these films come back. They will have some kind of new movie theater where we're distanced from each other, et cetera. It, it, something will occur with that. And that's how these movies will be released. You will just get big movies in the movie theater. Smaller movies will hit things like Netflix, Amazon as it is now and that's a bit of a gamble i mean i guess you know i guess at some point they're gonna want to know that you know and there's got to be a point at which the roi you know runs out although with tenant i guess they're that's a great uh, litmus test as far as when to release it when to let people watch it do you let it go at home all of that stuff well, the weird relevance of 
filmmaking is tied to the monetary value of its box office uh, officially equates to its artistic endeavor. And then you'll hear it was a good movie. It just never found its audience. Well, no, you didn't market it correctly. You didn't do these things. Maybe this is stripping us away from that because I, I've had a lot of people I'm, you know, I'm surprised Todd, you haven't gone to see tenant. I, I really don't want to go sit in the movie theater. I already kind of don't like that experience to begin with. And I don't want to get sick. And, yeah. you know, you, we cannot judge Th this test w was an unfair t test. It was, it's one where no one wants to go out and be exposed to somebody just to see a movie. So Hollywood at some point is going to have to probably release one or one or two of these movies because they're going to start hurting. Yeah. They're going to have to find ways to put content out there to make money. Very well said, Todd. It'll be interesting to see how things come back together and how all of this kind of regains momentum once the theaters open and people are able to see. I know that there's some news headlines as far as theaters closing, but we'll we'll keep you, the kind listener, on top of that. We'll keep our eye on it, and if anything develops, we'll let you know as soon as possible. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our last segment here, which is, um, and I know it goes back a minute, but uh, we do want to talk about the uh, Emmys that aired a couple weeks back. Uh, there were some interesting things that uh, Todd and I both um, observed. I do think it worth mentioning that this was the lowest rated Emmys in the history of the Emmys. Um, and that's interesting because everybody is at home right now. So uh, while we get our notes together, I do want to play you a file that I put together. Uh, this is from the opening bit with your host, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, kind of trying to work some comedy in the fact that he was performing basically in an empty auditorium. We'll go to that clip now. Instead of a live audience, we took a page from baseball tonight and we filled the seats with cardboard cutouts of the nominees. You can see we have Regina King, Hugh Jackman, Jason Bateman, Meryl Streep. Wait a minute. Go, go back one. Jason? Jason? I know it's you. I saw your eyes moving. They didn't move. Yes, they did move. Mind your business, Camel. Big night for me. I know it's a big night, but you can't be in here. We have very strict safety protocols. I'm clean, guy. Okay, I'm a big, big washer-upper. Always have been. Smell my hands. They're like a garden. No, thank you. I'm sure you're clean. That's not the point. We just have a limit on how many people we can have in the building, so you really need to go. No, I don't. I don't, okay? I haven't left the house for six months. Don't send me back there. I want to be here. This is, it's ritzy, you know? I mean, I want to, I want to eat shrimp with the cast of the crown, all right? I want, I want Mario Lopez asking about my pants. Let's go. We don't have any shrimp, but you can stay as long as you promise to laugh at my jokes. Huh. I'm out. I'm going to call the car. <laughs> Folks, if you ever want a truer uh, or very clear uh, example of uh, comedy working and comedy not working, and, I, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, this is nothing against him personally. He's in an awkward position where he's trying to do comedy with no audience, which is very difficult to do. But thank goodness Jason was there because he delivered some great lines. One of them was uh, that, that made Todd and I both laugh was, I want Mario Lopez to ask me about my pants uh, is, is a great little wacky number there. Um, 
and uh, I played that. I, I edited that clip, but I, I left it playing a little bit long, just just so the kind listener and the, and the audience can get some appreciation for the silence in the room. I mean, even if it's people clinging, you know, silver wine plates or or just a ruffle of dresses and tuxedos. Uh, that room had no sound in it other than the reverberation of his voice. And I think, whew, what a missed opportunity there um, to try and do something else. Your thoughts on the uh, on the opening? Well, you and I both talked about that. Uh, first, the comments come up of, did we need an award show at this time? And I think both you and I kind of felt like maybe that really wasn't the best idea. Um, let's release a quick video that goes to YouTube that's, Hey, listen, we're not doing it this year. We really think this was a monumental year because of the things that, you know, television tackled, blah, 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 blah. Here are the, here are the winners or don't announce them. I don't know. I, the opening monologue, if you extract Bateman from it <laughs> was the beginning of the cringe worthiness feel of the entire show, because they right away, they try to insert, Kimmel talking to tape footage of people in an audience that I thought, I know what you're doing. I wonder how many people don't. And they're like, look at all these Hollywood people gathering together. <laughs> no, they were trying to do that. What would have been, you know, do something to yeah. where Kimmel's talking to a TV monitor of footage or something. Yeah. It was just missed. It was awful. I can't also help but feel that half of that reverberation on his mic is added. Um, yeah. That mic should not be, sounding like no. that no. uh and it's it, the entire thing was just a missed moment and i i i, I all i want to do is talk about that so i'm okay. not going to keep going because this <laughs> is a series of of missteps miscues and stupid ideas yeah i think it's worth mentioning i mean the, the task at hand on the on the for the producers of the grammys was 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 excuse me emmys was huge in the sense that this has never been done before um I understand they probably had to have a television broadcast because of the advertising dollars that have been sold. But at the same time, um, their approach was one that, um, while well, gutsy, I think missed on many, many levels. And before we get into too much more, I also want to play what I felt was the other most kind of wacky, misplaced, never really picked up uh, comedy clip. And I'll set it up this way. Um, Jimmy Kimmel throws it to David Letterman to do some nominations. I've cut those nominations out. What you're hearing is the transition piece. So you got Jimmy Kimmel is on the stage and he's like, we're going to throw it to David Letterman. Now, following what they had done previously in the show, we know that it's going to be taped. We know that this is going to be a bit. And we know that it's David Letterman, who is probably the all time greatest, you know, goat of uh, talk show hosts. So there he is to nominate. Jimmy throws it to him, and this is what we hear. I'm not taking out Albany. Okay, here we go. Get out of yeah, here! Right. First of all, it's not Albany, it's Albany. What? I said I wanted to go to Newark. It was your idea to go to Albany. I was never going to Albany. Hey, Get why are you so car. mean to me? Why are I you so mean to me? I hate you. I hate you, buddy. Get out of here. Sicko. Yeah, thanks a lot, Uber. <clears throat> I'm Dave Letterman. Let's uh, wait a second here for that uh, virtual applause to die down. Uh, oh, this tuxedo, the last time I wore it was in 1986 when I hosted the Emmys. Here's what I found in the pocket. These are jokes from the 1986 Emmys. I'm going to read them. They're going to be a lot of fun. You suck. 
1986, what a great looking crowd. So many stars, so much cocaine. Is this the Emmys or the Mets locker room? <laughs> All right, and then he, he's got a few other jokes uh, that he says after that. I, I did uh, a disservice to the kind listener. I needed to set up that he was being delivered roadside in the middle of nowhere by a Lyft or Uber. Um, Todd, I'll just open it up to your thoughts on what we just listened to. If I could have my jaw dropping be <laughs> understood on a podcast, that's what I would just say right now, because you're right. Somebody pulls up and I don't even think it's well established. That it was a lift. Cause at first I was like, what's going on? I was like, Oh, is he supposed to be in a lift? And I thought, well, okay, why didn't they start with the shot that shows me lift on the front? So I knew what it was. Right. And then, okay. In this comedy bit, why does this guy have disdain for him and how is this disdain relevant to what's going on now i if you extracted that and you basically could have started with hi i'm david letterman yeah you know and then the jokes about 86 i would have gone okay it's it's just bad but it was horrifically bad yeah because the insertion of that thing in the front and that happened to be the moment that my lovely bride of so many years walked into the uh, media room <laughs> and sat down and went, has it all been like this? And I said, kind of, yeah, in its own way. And she was like, this is really dumb. And I said, yeah. You know, how do you explain to somebody that already has a, a filter for zero BS right. that, hey, you should have watched this entire thing with me. It, the, it, this is so, I'm so glad you picked that clip to play because it was just that cue of what were they thinking right and and i mean i understand david letterman's quirky i have uh, a lot of friends that are big fans of david Letterman. i'm, I'm a big fan too so I this is, too. yeah we don't we're not eclipsing his entire career or what he's delivered to uh, us the uh, pop culture viewer in this one clip but I, I you know i like i said i found it interesting because first it's it's a car pulls up and there's yelling so i'm like okay what is this and then because he's wearing a face mask it's muffled so therein lies another obstacle in the path of comedy and then they just escalate to, I hate you. And I'm like, what the hell is going on now? Is this supposed to be, hey, it's New York. Hey, why don't you go f yourself, right? Hey, right in the, you know, so I don't know. I don't know if that's what they're pushing on. And then the escalation is he's just getting out in the middle of a field. And that's funny. Um, and then, of course, uh, after that, and I cut a couple of the jokes just because they were they <laughs> they, they, they weren't funny. They weren't funny, and they were just a little weird. And I love Dave's quirkiness, and I and, and yeah. uh, you know, but uh, again, just like Todd so said so well at the beginning of this, this is pretty much what the rest of uh, the entire show uh, and its entirety, as far as missteps and and comedy timing, um, happened. I mean, uh, there were other other. Uh, examples and other clips I could have played, but I, I don't want to beat upon them too badly. But it definitely was uh, the bigger thing noticed was the misstep than just you know, hey, who won for this, you know, this particular, you know, nomination or who won. I, I, I there is one thing that I want to point out, and I think it because it's the first presenter that came on was Jennifer Aniston, and right from the get go, they awkwardly 
they used social distancing. They tried to make it into a joke. And here we are, you know, we talk about misplaced messages. And I thought really, I thought it was rather tone deaf. The, the truth is we need to be very aware of yeah. staying apart from each other. And they're like, what, what, yeah. what? And it's like, stop it. And then they started misunderstanding each other, which it doesn't work as a joke because we know that they're in a contained environment that they can hear each other. It's not funny. Then they did this whole thing. The only thing that was moderately funny is, is the envelope eventually lights on fire and it refused to go out when they sprayed it with fire extinguisher. Somewhat funny because it's live. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the tone deafness of the entire evening is, is best said in that why didn't they take this opportunity to show how great television could be? And they had a few of these where they, you know, this year, especially with some of the winners we're going to discuss, you had things like Watchmen, which is a beautiful dissection and metaphor for race relations and whatnot. They took a superhero thing and made it about race. They had great examples of great storytelling this year. And they would inject every once in a while, you know, someone saying my first audition was this and it was awful. Yes. And, you know, yeah. Those things, I was like, why isn't there more of this? Why didn't Jimmy Kimmel come out and go, hey, welcome to this. And guess what? I'm alone. There's no audience. This year, we're going to try something entirely different. We know you're at home. We're going to try and just show you because we're going to show you all the great things about television. They yes. missed an opportunity because think of what television has become in the COVID age. It is our lifeblood for entertainment and something. They could have been the one to transcend it and say, yeah. here it is. We're going to do an entirely different award show. We've taped all these wonderful segments. Yeah. I wouldn't have been tired of that at all. I would have seen it. Now, let me also say, if you're going to cut to Dave Leverman, why the funny thing might have been <laughs> it, go to his house and have him wearing the Velcro suit. And it's like he can't get over that. You know, sure. he's still doing that. Do those kind of things. This was not irreverent. This was just irreverence of irreverence. I, I really like what you said there. And one thing that was was going through my mind was it's very hard to write comedy to begin with. Yes. Secondly, uh, in the little I know about the, the rehearsal for the Emmys and Ricky Gervais hosting and stuff like that, the material they go through is huge, and, and the jokes that are picked are few. So it already, even with the live audience, even with super mega stars in the crowd, is a very hard process, and it has a percentage of success that is already going to be very, very, very small. So I, I think you really hit it on the nail here. I think what they should have done was... They've already got the great moments in television. So start back, cut the show into decades and show, you know, drama and comedy has its as it's developed over the years and have Dave Letterman on, but have clips, old clips of him on. I don't know what the television rights and legality and whatnot, but I'm sure Netflix and the other other um, broadcast station agencies or whatever I'm trying to think of the uh, big networks. NBC, CBS, ABC would have been more than happy to lend them some short clips showing comedy. And because I think the big miss here is what you said. It was a real opportunity for television to make its case to not only pop culture, but to the American viewer. Hey, times are tough. We're all concerned. We have lost jobs. But guess what? We're here for you. And we're going to make you laugh. We're, we're all going to get through this tough time together. And what better way to pass the time than story? And I, that's why I think it's so great what you said, because that was it. Not set something on fire and not have it go out. Not have David Letterman get in an argument with nobody we knew and then start shouting they hate each other. So 
Good point. Well said. Yeah, do we need somebody saying I hate you in this day and age? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, 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 Letterman was the thing that disappointed me the most because I'm like, you are so smart. Yeah. You're, you were such a great interviewer who would say the the cutting thing that we all wanted to say. And I don't know if David was just, you know, it was yearning to come back and do something irreverent. Sure. And let's be fair, as as funny and smart as he was, he would occasionally have those comedy bits that flop. But like you said, comedy is sure. very hard to write, yeah. incredibly hard to execute. Um, I just, it, it's like from the moment they started, they were out of step. Yeah, yeah. And before we go on to the winners, we you know let's still tip a cap to uh, to them for at least doing it and Jimmy Kimmel. Because I'll tell you what, if there's anything worse than sitting at home and watching stuff that's supposed to be funny that isn't funny, is being on stage saying and doing things that are supposed to be funny that aren't funny. And so I promise you there was a certain part of him and other people that participated in the comedy bits that didn't go over very well that had an internal part of him very, very squirmy going this is i know this isn't working but i've got to continue to try and sell it so that's worth a tip of the cap okay let's get on to the review of some of the winners here because i think for the kind listener um and we didn't even do uh uh our new bit but that's fine um we'll save it for next week but anyway um there's some real gems in here for the other kind radio listener to check out if you haven't already let's start with uh outstanding lead actor in a limited tv series or movie um, Jeremy Irons for Watchmen, Hugh Jackman, Bad Education, Paul Mescal, Normal People, Jeremy Pope, Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo with I Know This Much Is True. Todd, what did you think of the winner? Well, I I feel actually horrible because that's probably the one next to Watchmen that I've most wanted to watch. Yeah. I didn't ever get a chance to watch it. And now I like Mark Ruffalo, I, I think is just an outstanding actor. Love watching that guy. And it's one of those that I wanted to watch, and you, you know how you almost forget about it? Yeah. Well, I haven't forgotten now. As soon as I finish what I'm watching now, <laughs> it's probably next on my list. And I, it was a bit of a fumble there. I was I was going to have you announce the winner. So the winner was Mark Raffalo. I know this much is true. I can be completely honest. I'm just like you. I have not seen it. My reason has been on purpose because it's it's a heavy, heavy, heavy series. And I, I'm, I'm not ready for that. But I'll go back and view, view it at some time. Uh, I believe that's on uh, HBO Max. Yep, yeah, which is on there. All right, outstanding lead actress in a limited TV series: Kate Blanchett, Miss, Mrs. America, Shira Haas for Unorthodox, Regina King for Watchmen, Octavia Spencer for Self Made, and Carrie Washington for Little Fires Everywhere. Very surprised, but very happy with the winner, who was Regina King. Todd, your thoughts? It, I in turn was not surprised. In fact, it was one of those rare award moments where I was like, there is only one person that wins. And if she doesn't win, I will turn this garbage off because Regina King has become my queen of acting. Yeah. Go back to uh, if Bill Street could talk, the Barry Jenkins film. She is, oh my God, amazing in that. She comes on Watchmen and, you know, from the moment she steps in, you can't, you only can't look away, but you're craving to have her back every scene that she's not there. Uh, just a monumental achievement. I adore her as an actress, actor, whatever she'd like to be called. She, by the way, has a film that she's directed that is coming out. And a lot of people are saying is an early favorite for best picture and her uh, for best director. Regina King was introduced into my small pop culture uh 
environment when I saw her on a little movie called um, with Tom Cruise called um, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, thank you. And even though the movie was, you know, kind of the formulaic romantic comedy, she stood out. She played the wife of um, Cuba Goodings, uh, who was the athlete. And she was good. She never overplayed. She never underplayed. She played. And she, humanity to that. Too. Yeah, exactly. So congratulations to her. One thing I want to add real quick, and we're not going to go through all these folks. So we'll, we'll peter out when we feel that um, we've covered enough. One thing I did that, that her acceptance speech, and one of the things was a, commonal, a commonality, which, which we've kind of beaten up on them. One thing I did like was watching people see that they've won in their homes via Zoom or how, whatever they were using. You know, we're so used to the glitz and glamour and the and the dresses and walking out there and being put on camera and then being played off by music. It was kind of nice to see these people in home, surrounded by family, winning and getting the acknowledgement for their hard work. And maybe that's uh, maybe that's something we put in the lessons learned hat and uh, maybe incorporate to future shows. But she had a great speech, and it was kind of fun to see, you know, friends, family, wives just kind of losing their losing their. While, you know, the other person was trying to maintain their just, you know, like, thank you. We worked hard. Thank you. All right. Let's go to um, supporting actor in a limited series or movie. Dylan McDermott, Hollywood. Uh, Jim Parsons, Hollywood. Titus Burgess, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, oh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen in Watchmen. Uh, jo- thank you. Jovan uh, Adepo for Watchmen and Lewis Gossett Jr. for Watchmen. Uh, I recently, Lewis Gossett has come to mind because I was watching Cobra Kai and uh, Johnny loves the movie that he did with that other young guy where they were fighter pilots. I can't remember the name of Officer it. Officer and a Gentleman? No, no. This was like kind of Top Gun-esque. It was, oh, I don't know. Email I us. I watch Cobra Kai, so right. I'm behind that. Too. Info, info at the other kind radio.com if you know that. Anyway, your winner was uh, Yehuda Abdul Mateen, the second. Yeah, yeah, not Yehuda. Oh, sorry. God, Lord. <laughs> For a watchman, this is the gentleman that played um, the main character there, the observer or whatever his name, Mr. Universe, whatever his name is. Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, right. And it is, it's kind of, it's kind of a secret that he is that person, but it's not crucial to knowing the story if you've not seen it, but he gives a performance as a character who is all knowing everything in the world within the Watchmen environment, what he means to the story. You know, if, if Regina King is what she is, his support within that story structure is crucial and he just nails it he the guy was also in aquaman playing the villain so you've seen him before he's just a great actor and he's he was the first of the the the, uh, winners that i thought was almost kind of sweetly cute in his house as his family's around him and he's Mm -hmm. like oh my god now (laughs) our next person in the next category to me gets the hands down sweetest moment and so let's go ahead and go through supporting actress in a limited series because i i what she did is what the emmys need to be from this point forward well real quick i do want to apologize to uh, uh mr uh abdul mateen the second for mispronouncing his name <laughs> all right let's move on to supporting actress in a limited series or movie uh watchman available on hbo max for those that want to check it out uh supporting actress in a limited series or movie holland taylor hollywood uzo Ab- Ab- 
Aduba, Mrs. America, Margot Martindale, Mrs. America, Tracy Ullman, Mrs. America, Tony Colette, Unbelievable, and Gene Smart, Watchmen, your winner, Mrs. America, Uzo uh, Aduba. So she's also Crazy Eyes from oh, uh, yeah. from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in just what kind of looks like maybe a study area of her mm-hmm. house and standing there and when I'm sitting there and when she wins, she has the, Oh my God thing. And she's like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Hey, I won. You're talking. Apparently no one's with her. She thinks the mic's off at the end and she's get, and you hear her say, mommy, I won. <laughs> I actually won. And it was like, that's, that's the sweetness that should be when you get the accolades of, of your, your compatriots, your, your peers that you want to go, mommy, Hey, I, I actually am special today. And she's special across the board because I mean, you look at orange and the new black and she's fantastic in that. Yeah. I still haven't gotten to watch Mrs. America, but I want to see it desperately. I, I just, I, I would watch her win an award any day of the week. And Mrs. America, do you know offhand where uh, that's available? I want to say it's Hulu. Okay. So check that out. Uh, we'll move on to uh, one that uh, is kind of will kind of sum things up for us here as far as new shows that we've been watching. We have an outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. Uh, Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Ted Danson, The Good Place, Michael Douglas, The Comiskey Method, Method Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek. And Ramsey Yusuf as Ramey, uh, I'm sorry, Ramey Yusuf as Ramey. Uh, the winner there, Eugene Levy, Shits Creek. Todd? I, I wanted Ted Danson to win because I love The Good Place, and I still think The Good Place is an incredibly well-executed, smart comedy show. I don't usually say that about network comedy shows, but I thought it was great. Uh, I love Eugene Levy had never seen any of it right. and jeff and i've briefly discussed that it recently hit netflix if you don't know in fact they even surprised people releasing the final season a few days early so it's all there 30 minute episodes i will say that within about 10 minutes i had a humongo laugh and i went okay gonna love the show and i'm a few episodes in and it's very smart very funny so bravo to eugene levy for winning Absolutely. And we'll get into his son kind of working with him on the show. Uh, just want to add on there. If you're looking for something that's light and you have Netflix, check out Schitt's Creek because it's good stuff. And they do some very subtle comedy. There's a scene with Eugene Levy where he's coming They're They're staying in a hotel. I don't want to get too much detail. Anyway, he needs towels. So he's in his robe, obviously ready to take a shower and he needs towels from housekeeping. He goes to find somebody to get him towels, but you notice that under his robe he's wearing a button-up dress shirt i mean it's very subtle but boy that made me giggle because that just fits his character perfectly Shits creek available on um netflix check it out we go next to outstanding lead actress in a comedy series we have christina applegate with dead to me uh rachel brosnian with marvelous miss how do you say it again bras in the hand bras in the hand that's what i said (laughs) the marvelous (laughs) mrs basil (laughs) Can I offer to the kind listener? So this is not me correcting Jeff. I've I've just noticed over the years of being his friend. Oh yeah, that name pronunciation I would not say is your superpower. Nah, and if anything, it's just to help point him in the right direction. So I don't mean that as a correction of Jeff. Dude, you're absolutely correct. All right, Linda, <laughs> <laughs> Linda Cardellini, 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 uh, dead to me. Catherine O'Hara, Shits Creek. 
It's a Ray Insecure, Tracy Ellis Ross Blackish winner, Catherine O'Hara, who's really good on it. Todd, your thoughts? She's she's one of those actresses that is just fantastic in anything she does, even bad projects. She's usually pretty spot on and funny. Man, it's like Eugene Levy when the, when he and his son created the show, they kind of went, "Well, Catherine's the only person that can play." my wife in this and she is fantastic she's hilarious well deserved bravo um real quick as far as this show because i'm I'm starting to go through and edit what we're going to cover now but it's nice to know that i believe eugene levy's son who i can't think of his name also dan dan Mm -hmm. pronounced don um he also won an emmy so schitt's creek got a lot of recognition hence the reason to check it out and enjoy it Let's be fair that every acting category in a comedic, uh, for a comedic show went to Shit's Creek. So Dan Levy ones as well as Annie Murphy, who plays the daughter, ah. won as well. So each of them won the their respective acting category. Uh, do, do think it's worth mentioning outstanding lead actress in a drama series? We won't go through all of the uh, nominations, uh, but uh, Zendaya won. Um, mm-hmm who is the young actress and we we've covered this show on the other kind radio an amazing actress i think super young she is she the youngest to win an emmy i'm not too sure about that i thought i heard something but so happy and her reaction was also very 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 sweet you know that the great thing that again where they miss such an opportunity is that award shows with this kind of thing where we dress people in, in clothes that they don't even get to keep They're they're loaned to them by designers. They're wearing jewelry that they don't even own just to make them look opulent here. This time comes like I, I talked about uh, a, a, a Zuzo, a Dubo, a, a Duba, what were a Zuzo, a Uzo Aduba? Was that her name? I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember it. Uzo Aduba. You're asking me. I'm panicking right now. Just by. <laughs> but you got that. And then Zendaya here with her family. Now, there was one that we obviously was probably a publicist, but still there's such joy in that room. And there, you realize for once, strip aside, yes, they're in these big things that are like movies and it's so grand they're just people right and i think even with the Shits creek crew who were in canada and were distance wearing masks but all in the same area for like a dinner getting together it it made them so much more human and i think zendaya was a beautiful example of that because this was a young let's be honest when you're in your your early 20s you're still a kid she's still a girl just a, a young girl becoming a woman and she was so fantastic in that show and i loved seeing her joy you know what we see these people we call them overnight sensations we see this they just become known to us how long has she been working she was on the disney network in a show she worked and got here and now she's at this point where she's taken seriously it was just fantastic another special moment like you said kind of a another opportunity for for them to capitalize on that but you know i I think they'll learn from it and i think they'll come up with some good solutions real quick we'll just finish out with the outstanding limited series winner was Watchmen. outstanding comedy series winner was schitt's creek and outstanding drama series was succession uh which i believe is on showtime was the winner there is that hbo succession as well yeah have you watched any of that I have not, but it's everything I've read is the first three episodes are kind of, uh, and then all of a sudden it just becomes this amazing show. And it's one of those on my list, but I also know it's kind of heavy. So Uh, I put it off. I don't want to say heavy like Euphoria was heavy, but it's, it's heavy. 
And and if I may also take, since we said it, Watchmen, we, we talked yes. about it so much on this show. It is a rare TV experience that is special. It is just amazing writing, directing, acting, across, set design, everything is amazing. If you've not seen it and you're looking for something, watch it. And, and if you want, if you feel like, hey, I, I don't understand the world of Watchmen, go watch Zack Snyder's Watchmen film. Uh, yeah. I would watch the director's cut. It's it's not the best film in the world. The director's cut is better, but it'll at least explain to you the world. Then watch this miniseries. Very well said. All right, kind listener, we have been in your ear for close to an hour and 10 minutes, and we got to go. We got stuff to do. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Todd for taking time out of his day to uh, join me in the show. Uh, we talked internet. We talked about some uh, house that you could go buy for $250,000. We covered a gamut of, uh, of uh, subjects here. We are working on our 99th and then our 100th show, which are coming up, which I'm very excited about. Before I read the final credits here, Todd, turn it over to you. Any final thoughts? I, you know, the one thing out of all of this, there's all these people saying, hey, I've watched everything there is on Netflix. I watched all. No, 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 none of us have. So many of these shows that you think, oh, I don't want to see something about race relations. I, I promise you, it's very entertaining and it's thought provoking. Even if your thoughts are counter to what they, they say, it helps open your doors. Go watch this content. If you're hungry for movies, again, get yourself something like Criterion Channel where you can watch the classics out there. They may have missed this opportunity to tell you how rich, rich and deep TV is now with the streaming services. I'm not going to. There is tons of content. Go watch it fantastically said thank you todd all right if you're a first-time listener we congratulate you on finding us among the plethora of podcasts that are out there todd and i are glad that you're here we're glad you listen to the show and we'd love to hear from all of you the kind listener feel free to email us at info at the other kind radio.com that's info at the other kind radio.com and as always there's the talk radio hotline 214-843-1149 if you have story ideas if you have feedback anything you want to say call us up and do it we're going to uh suddenly and very loudly start the outro music uh again want to remind everybody stay safe social distance wear your mask we'll get through this the other while we are remember we are the other kind radio the other kind of the other time.